Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode 119 for January the 27th, 2018. I'm your host, Jack. I'm going to be guiding you into, through, and back out of the world of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. If you get a minute, please check out our website at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows, and I wish that you would do that. Also, if you have any questions or ideas for future shows, you can email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. Also, please follow me on Twitter and as at Technoman. This show can also be found, I believe anyway, we're going to be putting up a video today. Uh, I haven't done that for a while. And you can find that video on YouTube at 42Technoman. The number 4, the number 2, Technoman. Today, I thought we would talk a little bit about something that we are currently doing right now um, at, at my job, and we do this every year at this time. We usually start, uh, you know, about January, and it runs until the process itself runs, our end of it anyway, runs probably until about uh, April, April maybe into May. Uh, that's about when, that's our time frame. And what that process is, is called budgeting. Now, we all have to budget. We all have to do things with budgets, and we all have to work with budgets. It's very, very important, very critical for us to work on them. And there's a lot to talk about uh, with budgeting and knowing exactly which way your company, your client, uh, your school district, or whatever you're working on, you want to know the direction that the technology is going. Because let's face it, in any business, the technology and even if you're in a technology company, uh, a lot of times in a role of uh, technology or computer or uh, systems administrator, or if you're the uh, the CIO, the chief information officer, our, go- our main goal is to support the entire operations. And we have to know where that operations is going and whatever business you're really working in. It's really something to think about and keep that in the back of your mind at all times. Because us as technologists, we tend to always want to um, do the latest and greatest and, you know, do the very best, uh, what's coming and what's new, uh, what's hot. And we want to do whatever the current, uh, maybe even the current fad is. Maybe you want to do that. But the company may not be able to support that in many, many different ways. So last week, we talked a little bit about flow charting and uh, what flow charts look like. And since I'm doing a video here, I don't know why I don't have a flowchart up. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't think I have any available to show you. So we're just going to keep moving on here. But flowcharting or process mapping, um, you only do budgeting, well, at least on our end anyway. We do budgeting once a year. We may talk about generalized ideas throughout the year because we have like uh, tech council meetings where you sit around and you say, look, 
you know, what is the um, the very best possibility, uh, the very best outcome for students based on what technology we're providing them. And that's something to think about. So we kind of get the ideas of what we want to purchase throughout the entire year. But the budgeting process itself is something that is very, very um, important to any business. And we do this, at least I do anyway, I base it on basically having a, a process map. Um, I never created a flowchart. I told you last week we are working on flowcharts right now. So I'm sure I will to go in that magical digital binder uh, that I'm creating. And it will allow me to take that and be able to flip to that next year and say, oh, that's exactly what I did. Step one, step two, step three, and so forth. Because the first thing I had to do this year, and uh, you know, I don't do the purchasing for the district that I work at. Um, I used to do the purchasing. So what I would do is keep spreadsheets on pretty much everything, just like a checkbook you would have at your house. Uh, now, we may start, obviously, with more money than what we have in it or what I have in my checkbook. But we start with that, that big lump sum of money. And every time I would purchase something, I would put it on a spreadsheet and it would subtract it from my totals. And I would always have a running balance. But I don't do the purchasing for the current school district that I'm at. So what I do here is my first point of process is to see where we are currently at. Because we deal with, and I'm I'm not sure if every company deals with this or not, um, but we deal with what's called line items. Now, line items are basically on a spreadsheet, and we try to um, narrow down what we're purchasing, such as um, something as simple as office supplies. So we have a line item for office supplies, and then we have line items for stuff like um, repairs, you know, any kind of repairs. Uh, software that we're going to purchase. We have line items for, uh, there's just a ton of, ton of stuff of, of line items. So we get very, very um, zoned into a line item. So if I say that I'm going to rewire my high school, put all new network cables in, maybe I'm going to, uh, well, I probably will contract it. I always contract that work out. So I'm going to contract this workout, and we're going to allow a company to come in. We have to budget for that. We have to try to figure out exactly what that's going to cost. A lot of times I'll have companies come in. Actually, they'll do the surveys. They'll give me a quote, and I'll take that, and I'll use that within my budget. Now, we also have to look at the other flip side of this. When we're going to do these projects, we have to bid them out. And we usually don't do the bid process until we're getting closer to the time that we're going to do the project. Um, and I know that it's kind of like a give and take, I guess. We get a ballpark figure, we plug it into the budget, and we know we can't go over that figure. That's very important. So that's why we have to flow chart it, because the first part that I do is I take all of those invoices, all of those purchasers we use throughout the, the current year, or last year, I'm sorry, go through those and figure out exactly what we spent. And maybe I can cut some money somewhere because I didn't spend up to that entire quota of money. Be very careful with this process because I can tell you I've been bitten many times with, I'll say, look, this year for uh, servers, we didn't, we bought no servers. 
Now we have a line item in there. Maybe you know we had ten thousand dollars in it, but we didn't do that project. We didn't buy that server. So that money does not go back in the pot and go back into next year. And if you cut that, and then if you have a server that crashes, again, I'm just using this as an example, a big example, right? If the server crashes and you have to purchase a new server, where's that money coming from? Then you have to sit down, you have to talk to your board, and I'm sure your school, uh, not just school boards or your uh, board of directors at your business or company, you have to explain that and, and make them understand that sometimes the technology, we try to look at that that big crystal ball, right? We go there and we look at the crystal ball and we try to figure out exactly what's going to happen. But you don't know. See, because we work in a, a proactive to reactive field. We all try to be, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, we all try to be proactive, but there's other times when you're going to have to react to something that was uh, catastrophic, 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 and it's going to break down, and you're going to have to buy something to repair that. So the next part of budgeting that we sit and look at, we, we get to the whiteboards, and we start looking at the whiteboards and planning this. Wants versus needs. Okay, what do, what would we want to have? Again, this is education we're talking about. And it could be in business. Maybe all of your uh, directors in your business want iPads. And you have to look at, okay, so do we buy a 10-pack of iPads for, I don't know, $3,000? Or they also all need new workstations. So do we take that money instead and give it to the need column of the workstations? And in education, we look at the latest, greatest uh, way to educate students with technology. And right now, currently, I don't think we ever talked about this on the show, um, is virtual reality. So virtual reality or VR is getting to be, um, well, it's, it's, it's an up and coming as a major player in education. Because if we can take the student and engross them or encapsulate them into uh, something such as anatomy. If we can give them a walk through the body, like maybe like a blood cell goes through your arteries and through your veins, it will give them a better understanding of that topic or of that lesson. So yeah, virtual reality is getting big, but is that a want or is that a need? See, that would probably go in the want column. The needs coming up, we know that we do need new servers this year. Our servers are starting to get outdated. Uh, they're starting to, I think we talked about that also uh, not too long ago, uh, that I have a SAN storage unit. And in that SAN storage unit, we actually um, had two drives break down. And the SAN storage unit works on uh, two RAID 5s. There's, I think there's four drives on the top and four drives on the bottom set up as RAID 5 independently. And one drive of each of those RAIDs were out. So you know, I told you that I couldn't find anything new, so I turned to eBay and I purchased those because we're also very much solution providers. Um, I, have a, I had a principal come to me and say, you know, Jack, how did you know to do, how did you know to go to eBay? I said, I didn't. I just had to shop to find the parts that I needed to repair that device. And luckily it did repair it. But those are band-aids. And I know that those servers are going I know that it's about time that they need replaced. We talked about doing it last year, and I was asked, can it possibly wait one more year? And again, I got my crystal ball out. 
I started looking in the crystal ball and started saying, well, maybe it can and maybe it can't. So there was no money put in the budget for servers last year. So this is something that is getting put in this year. And we're definitely going to be looking at putting new servers in, a new SAN storage unit. Um, I probably am going to do two um, VMware servers is what I'm thinking about. And storing my virtual machines on my SAN array is kind of where I'm, where I'm going and what I'm thinking of doing. So it's a big project. We're going to lay out some money for it, but it's going to get us into the future. Now, a lot of people out there, um, a lot, of, especially a lot of for-profit companies, uh, and I've worked for a few. I've also did some consulting work, I told you, in some doctor's offices. And their biggest concern is, is need, not so much want. What is needed to make their business run? What is needed in software to keep their uh, software current updated and keep their employees, you know, functioning at a very high level? And they don't see many of the wants. They worry about the needs. And that's very important also because when you're a for-profit business, you don't have a whole lot of lead room for technology. But here's the flip side of that whole thing is we all know as technologists, Technology is what's running business today. You know, think about this back in, what was it, the 70s maybe or even early 80s when, you know, Microsoft, Apple, and these and IBM and these companies were saying, how do we get PCs or how do we get computers into business and make them used every single day? Now we rely on those exact – those words came back, you know, a hundred and – or. 360 degrees they came back, and they came back to us in saying that very simply and very easily put, if we don't have those computers in business, if we don't have those servers in business, if you don't have email and communications, you won't have a business. And folks, I've seen this and I've tried to you know go out and find businesses that run completely on word of mouth, the good old handshake, the good old, you know, that a boy. Um, and it, I really don't find those anymore. Every business I find is using computing power in some way. So the relying on the computers is so, so very important. But yet many, many companies out there, and I worked in a for-profit company that I can tell you drove me absolutely nuts because the very people pushing their sales and getting their people uh, out there to sell their products, the newest laptop I found was five years old. And these are people that sell million-dollar contracts all the time. So, you know, you have to give and take. And I tried to tell them, look, we got to buy newer, faster machines. And they said, why? The old machines are working just fine. Well, okay, but that is your business. It might not be your business that you're selling, but it is running and managing your business. So be very careful about the people that only worry about their need. And I'm talking the, the, the smallest of possible needs saying, you know, Joe, uh, Joe's keyboard, four keys fell off. That's a need. That's the smallest possible need to keep Joe working. But look at the overall total process of the company. So planning for the future when writing budgets, I guess that's another part of this, is planning for the future 
And this, again, is very hard if you're working as a consultant, is sitting down with somebody that really doesn't know you. Say you just get a brand new client and you go in and you go through and you go through and you, you take, you know, an inventory of all of their systems. You look and you see what they have and you see they're running still on Windows XP. Um, they have, and I'm talking older, they have dot matrix, dot matrix printers. Um, you know, they, the, the hubs are using a, or 10 megabit hubs maybe in the closet. And, you know, they have, maybe they have a gigabit internet connection, but they can't use it anyway because it's getting, you know, filtered. It's getting bottlenecked at those 10 megabit hubs. And you go in and you say, look, it's a brand new client. They don't know you. Hopefully you get recommended from somebody and that recommendation is pretty high. You can actually sit with that person and, you know, give them a roadmap to success. They called you for a reason, and that reason was to try to put them back into the current time frame or current year. And here's something to think about. And I'm sure a lot of you do this. When we plan in a school, I never plan for the current year. I may be budgeting for the current year, but when I buy my products and I buy my gear, I plan that gear to, to run me out at least five years. And I'm not just, I'm not talking really workstations. Most of our workstations, most of our uh, laptops that we use for students, we have a, a three-year cycle. And the reason we run on a three-year cycle is for us it works because that's when the warranty runs out on whatever piece of gear that we have. But servers, network switches, your wireless gear, I try to get that at least to run out to five years, five you know, uh, concurrent years. And then I start looking at on that fifth year of I'm going to start replacing something. And we'll probably talk a little bit next week about wireless, wireless units, different types of wireless stuff, because that's in my budgeting planning phases of changing some wireless uh, strategies that we have right now uh, for, for our needs. So, yeah, definitely write a plan, write a budget, and when you're planning for your budget, write it for the future. I think that's very, very important. Next is mapping a client's needs, and we talked a little bit about this, and getting them to listen to you. So if we just go into a client, and I've met a lot of clients, and I'm going to tell you, I, I may have told you this story once. Myself and a very old partner I had at one time, uh, decided we were going to go in together and we were starting out. This is years ago. I'm talking probably back in, um, in the nineties. So it was, it was quite a while ago. And we were working for a, the Pony League World Series, uh, here in, uh, Pittsburgh. And they asked us to come in and give them an overview of their computer, their technology that they're using and write them up a roadmap or a plan to get them, you know, up and running more into the future. Now, they had old computers in there. They had old probably 486s, um, maybe even Pentium 1s at the time. So this was a while ago. And we wrote up a plan, and my partner was real good at hardware at the time, so he started digging through hardware and finding what he wanted. So we came up with they needed, I don't know what it was at the time, six, I think it was six new Dell uh, workstations. And we're just going to put in a new Dell server and a laser printer at the time to get them more up to date. 
put in new network cables at the time and put in probably it was probably a hundred megabit networking, I believe. So we wrote this all up and we turned it into them. And the director of the Pony League World Series looked at it and looked it up, you know, looked at the pricing, looked it back at us, looked at the pricing again, looked back at us and said, wait a minute, guys, look, you are way out of line here. This is a lot of money. And I don't really remember the cost, but to me, it looked like it was pretty good. Even our labor rates was was really uh, cut low because we were just starting out getting new clients. And we wanted to get this client because we felt that it, it would give us a further outreach into the community if we were part of the Pony League World Series. So we left him with the information. We left him with our, our roadmap. And we didn't think anything else of it. We didn't get a phone call for, you know, I kept asking my partner, did you hear anything? He said, no, did you? And So we didn't get a phone call until probably a month, maybe a month and a half later. It says, hey, guys, you know, we finally got everything together. We want you to come out. We want you to put this network together. We want you to get our server running. And we said, okay, well, do you want us to order these computers? No, no, no. I can't. He said, I took care of all the computers. We have them right here sitting on the floor waiting for you. We thought, great. We told him what model Dell we wanted to buy and what kind of server we wanted. Maybe he did buy those. We go out to the Pony League World Series main offices. We walk into the office. We sit down. And uh, we ask him, we said, well, where's all these computers? He takes us into a room. There's a room full of e-machines. Now, if you remember e-machines, I think I looked it up not too long ago. I think they were purchased by Gateway, and then Gateway was purchased by Lenovo or somewhere along that line. Lenovo purchased a lot of people at that time. And we said, e-machines, are you serious? He said, yeah, I was walking in the local Walmart. He said, I was out there with my wife, we were, you know, buying some eggs and some cereal and uh, went back to the computer department or, you know, the electronics and seen these e-machines. They were, at the time, I don't know, maybe $300 a piece. So he bought seven of them. And we said, well, you only needed six workstations. Why did you buy seven workstations? He said, well, I bought seven workstations because I figure one of the workstations you can use as a server. We're like, you know, and, and it's hard, again, because you're talking to these clients and trying to get them to listen, but we're trying to educate them at the same time. And the two don't always work together. Trust me, they don't always work together. Um, luckily for me, working in education all these years, um, educators have been around technology for a long time. They know the importance of it. They don't always know the back end of it, and that's obviously why they have people like us. You know, they hire network administrators and, and uh, you know, uh, technology directors and systems administrators to worry about that back end for them because they're not really sure of that end, but they are really up on the front end, uh, you know, about the client side, and that's great. That helps a lot. But when you're walking into something where people don't know and they're only buying on price, you got to be very very, very careful about leveraging, you know, price over functionality. And you know that, you know, an e-machine workstation, can you load Windows Server on it? Yes, you can. Yep. And we did. We did. We did purchase more RAM for it. Um, it wasn't the best scenario. We told them, you know, we don't agree with this, but it was one of our first clients. And you'll learn when you're getting that first client or that first couple clients, you're going to bend over more than what's going to happen when you have a hundred clients 
and you get that phone call from somebody saying, we want to put some e-machines in these, uh, in, you know, for our workstations. You can probably not take that job. But when you're starting out like we were, we were desperate for work. Again, we were trying to reach out to the community and that's the kind of stuff, you know, that you take. Sometimes you got to take that chance. Um, obviously we didn't guarantee that the hardware would work. We did guarantee the networking and the connections would all be good all the time. And we guaranteed the switches because we purchased those and put those in ourselves. So that worked out really, really, really well. All right. So I'm going to give you some of my final thoughts on budgeting. And hopefully, you know, this show opens your eyes a little bit. That's kind of what I do with these podcasts is, you know, if I'm not telling you exactly how to do things, and we, we did some shows like that quite a while back, and they didn't work out too well because I was telling you to point and click and do that. Uh, with the power of video, you know, if I can always get these um, YouTube videos up with the uh, the audio podcast, you can listen to your car and go back and maybe you can look and watch how we do something on the video. Maybe that's a future uh, idea for some of these shows. But anyway, the final thought here is that when budgeting, always remember to do that roadmap first. Figure out what you need to buy. Always go back and figure out exactly what you purchased last year with the total money you had budgeted. I think that's critical because that's going to help you to guide yourself in. If you have a good finance department, and they will normally give you 10 to 15% above what you spent last year because they're going to start budgeting way before you ever talk to them about what you want to purchase or what you have to purchase for next year. They are going to start their processes before we start our processes, and that happens all the time. So what they do is they'll take what you spent last year and they'll say, look, we're going to add 15 or maybe they'll even add 20% to give them some leadway. Because they can always take away easier than they can add to their budgets. So when we go in and we say, look, this is the stuff we want. And then they'll say, oh, you didn't need all this money. So maybe they'll take some away and they'll get more zoned into where you're at. But they know that they can cover you. Just remember to um, always think about wants versus needs. Always plan for the future. Again, that's a final thought. Keep that uh, future in mind. Because we're not planning for next week. We're not planning as technologists for uh, next month or even next year. We are planning it out. And actually right now I, I created this huge spreadsheet just yesterday. And I was sitting looking at it because our business manager wanted to see, wanted to get some ideas anyway about five years out. And I often tell people, if you want me to write a five-year roadmap, I can only base it on pretty much the technology we have today because I don't know what's going to be invented five years out. And if I did, I would be a very wealthy man because I would be inventing it and I wouldn't leave it the chance for somebody else to do. Um, always plan, like I said, that's the future. Um, always work with your clients very closely and try to educate them the absolute best that you can. I think that's very critical to be able to educate them. Once you have a client for a while, uh, the doctor's offices I worked with, I worked with them for years. So it was very easy for them to call me and say, what's your recommendation? I'd recommend it and they would buy it. They wouldn't even question it. They would just buy it because they knew that I was going to point them in the exact right direction. And that's very, very important. 
Folks, thank you again so much for listening to these shows. And uh, obviously, if this, if this video goes up on YouTube after I look at it here and see how it came out, um, you know, thanks for uh, joining me here, though, each and every week and listening to the shows. Please subscribe. I hope you do subscribe to the shows. And, um, you know, hopefully I can uh, ride you uh, on the way to work maybe next week again uh, after next Saturday there uh, when we bring out another episode to you. Remember, again, if you buy anything from Amazon, help us out here at the show. Um, I've been looking around and I've been thinking about um, a, a USB input device so I can uh, bring in uh, maybe an XLR microphone into the show and be able to uh, get that USB into the computer. So, But with that, I need your support, and that's really important here. So if you buy anything from Amazon, use my Amazon link. Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com deactivate your ad blocker so you can see it and the link is on the right hand side of the page so when you buy anything go there click that link first go out make your purchases it's the same price to you and a few pennies of that comes back to the show to help us out i save that i save that money up i don't go out and buy lamborghinis with it or bmws or new motorcycles i use that strictly to put new gear back into this show to make it a little bit better for the next time you can also check out, as many podcasters have done, and uh, people have emailed me and said, uh, Jack, how come you don't have a Patreon account? I just never really thought about it. I don't, I'm not one of those podcasters that, you know, I don't know. I don't always have that tin cup out saying, so can you give me a quarter, please? You know, so uh, it's just something that's out there, though. If you want to go out there and donate to the show, you can do that. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash jacks. Tech Corner is what I created, and again, you can go out there and uh, put a you know a buck in there, and I think it, a buck comes out. They fixed the, the prices, so if you've ever uh, was a member of Patreon before, just remember that they did fix it. If you donate a dollar a month, you'll get charged a dollar a month, not a dollar thirty-eight like you were. Uh, that charges come back to to us, the the podcaster or the content creator. So don't worry about that. Take care, everyone. And I will talk to you here next time on Tips from the Server Room. Bye for now. Have a good day. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long. <laughs>